Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Today's episode has been sponsored by Jay McLaughlin. Jay McLaughlin is a timeless lifestyle brand with incredible style and a spirit of connection. I am obsessed with Jay McLaughlin and have been so honored that they are sponsoring my Zivyverse tour. It just so happens that the tour goes to so many communities and areas of the country that have Jay McLaughlin stores. And I love that the brand is philanthropic through Jay McLaughlin's local and loyal programming, host store events to give back to organizations that are meaningful to Jay McLaughlin's local communities. I also love the fact that the clothes are just so chic They make me feel polished and modern, and the best part is that most of the line comes in fabrics that don't wrinkle. I especially love the dresses, the cashmere sweaters, the other sweaters. You'll see them all over my Instagram. I typically tag at Jay McLaughlin, and so you can check it out. It is absolutely one of my favorite brands, and I am over the moon excited to be working with them. In fact, I want to share the love with all of you. Jay McLaughlin is giving 20% off new customers, and listeners of my podcast with special code ZIBBY20, capital Z-I-B-B-Y 20. That's 20% off for new customers and listeners of the podcast with special code capital Z-ZIBBY20. Take advantage of it today. My favorites are this white, open, long cashmere sweater that I've been wearing on every flight that I've taken on this tour. I have a blue with light blue horizontal striped sweater, several dresses I even wore on Morning America. Check it out. Jay McLaughlin. Thanks so much. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast that you're listening to right now, thank you so much, called Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. It is a daily podcast, 365 days a year, and each day we talk to an author about all of the things related to their career, their book, their life, and more in 30 minutes or less, because who has time? I am now an author myself, although I wasn't when I started this podcast, and you can get my new memoir, Bookends, a memoir of love, loss, and literature, wherever books are sold starting July 1st, and my children's book, Princess Charming. You can learn more about me at zibbyowens.com, but really, you're here to learn more about the authors, and that is what we're going to do. Also, be sure to check out all the other podcasts in the Zcast Podcast Network. You can learn more at zcastnetwork.com and definitely check out those shows as well.
This is part two of my interview with Neil deGrasse Tyson. It's my first double episode, but it is worth it. Neil deGrasse Tyson is a total genius, and I did not want to stop him talking. There was just too much to learn. So enjoy part two and enjoy this episode. I think it is one of the most important things and has changed my entire view on life and death, among other things. Enjoy. Okay. Okay, that's just one chapter. Oh my <laughs> I'm gosh. sorry. I'm like, I'm I just, think our time is that's, up. I'm sorry. Know. That's just <laughs> life. You went straight there, life and death. I just, I'm like, how can I not ask? Okay. You know, the meaning of life, you know? Okay. You know, it's so funny. I do a lot of things, right? I do the oh, by the way, you, I, I didn't specifically mention meaning of life. I'm going to say, okay. spend a minute on that. Great. Okay. P- people fine. ask, I've been asked, you know, what is the meaning of life? And first, I don't think that question is as deep as people think it is or want it to be. That's my. That's just an opinion. Okay. But often they search for meaning in life. Typically, religions might offer pathways to give you meaning in life. And I've come to realize that maybe meaning in life is not something to be found. Because the question is asked as though it's, you know, behind a tree or under a rock or in the seat cushion you know, in the couch, <laughs> dig it out of the out of the cushions. Maybe instead, meaning is something you create. So you have more power over meaning than you've admitted to yourself. Now, clearly, if organization says, we have meaning in life, come to us, they're preventing you from creating the meaning on your own. Mm-hmm. And I think on some level, that's a little bit unfair. Because We do have this power. You ask yourself, what do you value? Do you value happiness? Do you value tranquility? Do you value people? Do you value pets, animals? Do something for them. That creates meaning. So that the next day you said, this world is better off. It dovetails to the point of lessening the suffering of others. In that case, that could be how meaning comes to you. Because you bring meaning to others. And so I've stopped looking for meaning in life, and I spend my days, I mean, I spend portions of my day reflecting on how I can bring meaning to others because bringing meaning to others brings meaning to me. Mm-hmm. And, and if I can give a quick example, it's a quick, well, Medium example. Oh my uh, gosh. <laughs> uh, okay, I heard a I heard an interview on I think it was NPR. It's one of these interviews that took place in a restaurant and they're just hanging out and you can hear the noise in the background. It's of course all audio and they were interviewing a hockey star. And I don't really know hockey, but apparently this was a big star. All right, and while they're talking, someone would walk by and ask for his autograph. Okay, and the interviewer said, "Does that get old, or does that is that annoying to you?" And his answer, I've never forgotten. He said, if my God-given gifts as a hockey player are on a level where I can spend 10 seconds of my life to give an autograph to someone and it makes their day, Mm -hmm. it's 10 seconds versus someone's happiness for a day or more, who is he to deny that infusion of happiness into the world? And I said... Whoa. At that time, I, would, I was hardly known by anybody, so no one was asking me for autographs. But 
when that started, mm-hmm. and it began with autographs. Now, of course, it's all selfies, but <laughs> they don't even know what an autograph is because the selfie you can post the selfie, and then it gives you a social media status. But the point is, it's a trifling investment of my time, and to the extent that it brings joy, pleasure, enlightenment. Ideally, they'd ask me a question about the universe, and I'd answer it, so that I can be educator for the moment rather than just target of celebrity. Right. But so I've never forgotten that. And so I will sort of humbly accommodate such requests if I'm spotted in the street or, or wherever, whenever that happens. Wow. Oh okay, gosh. now there's 11 more chapters. <laughs> I was like, I had all these questions. I was gonna I'm sorry, you. no, go, go. No, okay. I can't. No. Our time is already No, up. no, okay. No, it's no, you can edit it and take out I other know, stuff. I know, okay. I, know. I um no, it's it's amazing. My one like question at the end, and I'm I had all this stuff on disability and race and all this stuff. There's oh so my much gosh, in here. We can go there. No, no, it's we, okay. we can go there. <laughs> disability. We spend a minute on disability. Let's spend a minute on disability okay. because it's so important. And you really question, well, what is this? What does it mean to be disabled? And you give so many examples um, mm-hmm. on, and even on what it means to be racist and skin color and who even and gender, and yeah, gender and yeah. all of this, but. Um, and by the way, they're all... They're all you're like, the, is Jim Abbott disabled? Like, are all these people disabled? Yeah, is uh, Jim Abbott... they all achieved not despite their disability, but because of it. Right, right. And so that forces you to question. Jim Abbott, for those who don't know, he was a pitcher in the major leagues and uh, pitched for the Yankees for a couple of seasons. And uh, Yankees is a very storied franchise, of course. Uh, I happen to be born in the Bronx, and it's the Bronx Bombers, you know, the Yankees. Yeah. So... So I have authentic, justifiable interest in the Yankees. But he goes to pitch for the Yankees, and he pitches a no-hitter. And a no-hitter, there are not many of This is where you get up, and no one gets a hit to make it to first base. Okay, there's about, I forgot the number, about 300 of those pitched out of the tens of thousands of games ever pitched. Okay, he was born without a hand. He has only one hand. One hand. Okay? Imagine growing up. I want to be a baseball pitcher. No, you don't. Imagine what people would be telling him. Mm-hmm. No, you don't. You have one hand. You got to be able to field. You got to wear a glove. How are you going to do this? Mm-hmm. You can't do this. Look at the forces operating on people who do not match the norms set by others. Yep. Those forces are huge. And they don't stop whether or not you don't have a hand. Now, are you female? Oh, no, you can't. I'm old enough to remember no one will listen to a female voice for the evening news. They're not authoritative enough. They're not. Uh, Just to hear what society, the disenfranchised of society had to go through just to break through. The societal expectations of what you can or can't be or what you should or shouldn't be. If you're female, if you're dark-skinned, if you were, I was growing up, I knew early I wanted to be an astrophysicist, but I was also athletic. They said, oh, why don't you be an athlete? They're, they, No one said, why don't you be an astrophysicist? Even though I, I, my evidence was there. Mm-hmm. Okay, I had a telescope. I had a thing. That, that, they don't even see that. Mm-hmm. They, saw, they saw me run, and they saw my skin color. Uh, but so Jim Habit doesn't have a hand. There's a, I give a whole list of yeah. people who some of the movies have been made out of from them. Yeah. And so I think we need to diversify what we embrace as what it is to be human. It involves the, aut- the autism spectrum as well. 
there's a term for this now today. It's a great term. It's uh, neurodiverse, okay? And because think about it. If you think it through, let's say the day comes we have genetic engineering. You can engineer your, ch your children to be whatever you want. And what might happen? Oh, I want a perfect child, you know, and, and design their height, their weight, their temperament, whatever. Well, what are you going to base that on? Is there some model human, like you have model homes, you know? <laughs> you're going to buy a home. Go to this model home and you see how you're supposed to do it. This is where the couch would go and the bed and the bedrooms and everything. Oh, is that how you're going to design your human? All right. If you did that, what would that world be? You know, the Stepford Wives comes to mind where everyone is engineered to be the same when so much of what makes life and civilization interesting is that we're different. Mm -hmm. It's the different people that are responsible for most of what is interesting in this world. Mm -hmm. Different in every metric, in every way. So this is just a taste of the mind-body chapter there. But yes. we're, we're short on time, so that's all I'm going to say okay. about, the, about that chapter. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. My last question, I want to go back to the lottery, playing the lottery. Playing the lottery. Writing a book. And hoping for its success, I feel, is like playing the lottery. And yet everybody keeps writing books, right? It's impossible. There aren't enough readers. There isn't enough time for all the readers to read all the books. And yet there's this deep compulsion to keep writing. And fabulous books that keep coming out. But having a book reach that level of success is like winning the lottery. And yet everybody keeps trying. What do you make of that? I think there are people who write, especially novels. See, I have the advantage that I write nonfiction by the way, I hate the term nonfiction. I don't like what I do to be referenced as the negative of something else. Mm, yeah, totally. Give me a word. It's, uh, reality? <laughs> reality, thank you, okay. thank you. Fiction and reality. Fiction uh, and reality. How, how about that? Uh, well, how about I'll, that? I'll start that movie. Don't make the existence of what I do the negation of something else, okay? Love it. So, I write reality. <laughs> but, but the difference is, un there's an unfortunate fact here for novelists is I can write a book, 
a nonfiction book. And if it's published, it's probably because somebody sees that it's adding information to the world mm -hmm. in some way that's worth preserving. Whereas a novel, uh, if no one reads your novel or no one is interested in it, I don't know that it's going to be researched later for information right. about the, in the body of knowledge that makes up civilization. Whereas in principle, every nonfiction book is some contribution to our knowledge and understanding of how the world works. Mm -hmm. Even if it's political, that's rife with opinions, someone will go back and say, oh, this is what people thought, here's what that... And so even if not everyone reads the book, and even if it does not make the bestseller list, it's still a, it's still a cog in the wheel that turns and moves civilization forward. So, uh, so I think we write... And there are people who write, who write because they can't not write. The people write because they, they maybe they don't have other platforms. Okay, I, I have other platforms. I don't need to write. I can just get on it, get on one of my platforms and just talk. <laughs> I could do that, but here's something that hardly anyone knows. Practically every sentence I ever utter in public, I've previously written down, hmm. so that I've thought about what words to use in that sentence. I've thought about how you think about the flow of that information. I've thought about the timbre and the rhythm and the phrasings and the, how, how the words work together in sequence, which is a higher level of communication, I think, than just speaking. And you know this because you can look at an exactly transcribed conversation and it's like, what was going on, All right? You can't... <laughs> Because there's a lot of just words that are just there to fill space, and it's not what you would write. When I get a chance to write, that there's precision, accuracy, and tone that I can set. And it's from that from which I draw the words that I speak. And so for me, writing has that value even if no one ever read anything I wrote. And I get to think about a perfect sentence that is uneditable by editors. Can I tell you one of my perfect sentences? I would love to hear your okay. perfect sentence. By the way, I, my idea of perfect sentences began when I, I was walking down the street and I saw this billboard and it quoted F. Scott Fitzgerald. And I read the sentence and I said, oh my gosh. Okay. I will never be a novelist. <laughs> this sentence was so, oh my gosh. It's from The Great Gatsby. Okay. Yep. Here's the sentence. It's describing his party. One of his parties on his... Long Island residence. In his blue gardens, men and girls came and went like moths amid the champagne, the whispers, and the stars. Mm. It was like, whoa, okay, and it's all there, okay? It's got the men and the girls. Girls would just be younger versions of the men, right? This is the language of the 1920s, right? And it's all there. You don't need any other thing to help you picture right. what's going on. Yep. And what's different about in the late the movie that had Leonardo DiCaprio is they made the party very noisy yes. with a lot of loud music. But I think in the original novel, the, the champagne, the whispers, yep. and the stars, there, there yeah. it is. So I said, damn, okay, I'll never be a novelist. If that's, what, if that's the kind of sentences you've got to write when you write a novel, count me out because I, I don't have that in me. But I, I have, here's my best sentence ever. You ready? I'm ready, I'm ready. The spinning planets orbit the sun along their appointed paths like pirouetting dancers in a cosmic ballet. Mm. 
choreographed by the forces of gravity. (laughs) (laughs) So that sentence for me, it's got the metaphor, but the metaphor is precise. Yes. And I used to dance, so that a little bit of dance vocabulary came in there, you know. But it's a, a rotating planet, pirouetting dancer, someone choreographed it. Why are planets moving at all? Gravity is doing everything. So I'm very proud of that. That's my one perfect I, sentence. I love, I love it. So now I'm going to try for a second perfect sentence, and then we'll be good. You know. So what about the poor novelists whose books will never be referenced again? Yeah, I mean, I don't know what to say. I mean, <laughs> I remember when I was in college, and I looked at the library. The library had, you know, three million books in it or something, and I just did the math. And I said, okay, I'm 18, and I have this many years left. How fast would I have to read a book to get through all three million books before I die? And it's like a book every three seconds or something. <laughs> so then I realized I have to rely on others to guide me to what books to read, who are wiser than I am, who live longer, and who... So because it's you don't want it to be a crapshoot, you want to have some guidance in it. And you're right, some works of literature are better, objectively better, and objectively more important and significant than others. There's no doubt about it. So I don't have problems using other people's lists. And they're great places online, Goodreads, for example. They're, you track what other people are reading and they comment on it, and so there's some focusing there, all right? You, you, don't, you don't have to go at it cold. And this podcast, perhaps. Stop! This podcast! I should have listed that first. You are a filter in the medium. And I, I think a filter is good. A filter is good. And I guess award ceremonies are also a kind of a filter. You know, the Pulitzer Prizes, the, the Booker Award, this sort of thing. And so, yeah, you can't do it yourself, unfortunately. There was a date where any learned, educated person could have, in principle, read every book that was ever published. But that was some time ago. It was like the 16, early 1700s. And then it rapidly got out of hand. Yeah. So I don't know. I think either no one will read this book or everyone will read this book. <laughs> so I don't think it'll land in the middle. Everyone's going to read this no, book. No, I don't know. <laughs> Everyone's going to read this book. Starry Messenger, Cosmic Perspectives and Civilization. This is everything you ever need to know about life itself. What else is there? I mean, come on. Well, yeah, the life and death part kind of brings you brings it home. Yeah. Oh, but, no, there's so much in there. There's, yeah. It's, it's amazing. It's a, it's a reframing of, of everything. It's, you know, it's a, a new lens through it. It's the telescope. The telescope, the cosmic, the conduit to the cosmos to look back. One quick thing, if I could steal another minute from you. Okay. One of the things I'm proudest of in the book, in the color and race chapter, I thought to myself, hmm, suppose 19th century anthropologists were racist black people instead of racist white people. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. What might they say? Yep. And so I have Three pages I know. of what I a racist. You <laughs> dog hear all of them. The skin cancer, itchy skin, yeah, right? Facial acne. Yes, you've never seen a black a, a black kid with yeah. with pizza face oh acne. Oh my gosh! No, you have so much here. So you go through the list of things that were just simply ignored by because if you're racist, you have to be at the top. Your race, your color, has to be at the top, and everybody else is below you. Otherwise, why go through the exercise? Right. So I said, let's make some racist black people, and then see. There's another one in there. So all you have to do is say why white people are closer to chimpanzees 
than black people are. Mm -hmm. And there are little things like if you part, other than the, the hands and the face of a chimp, if you part their hair, their skin is white, okay? It's just completely white. Yep. So chimps are white. And also they prune each other for lice. You've seen this. Yes. Lice outbreaks among black people is extremely rare. Yeah. The, the lice just doesn't like the hair of black people. Loves the hair of white people. <laughs> I've never had lice, just saying. You, you never, but I bet you had friends who've had lice. I've had, yes. Of course. Yeah. Okay. Other things, their uh, suicide rate is a fraction mm -hmm. that of white people for, for black. I mean, you, you, I, I, I made you just, if you cherry pick yep. the, the data, that's what you get. And my favorite stupid one was you've never, ever seen black children walk by a tree and say, gee, I want to live in that tree. <laughs> that has never happened. That was hilarious. <laughs> But, you know, white kids will say, I want to build a treehouse. Let's go. So I say, so the anthropologist would say, these are the white people wanting to get closer to their roots as chimpanzees <laughs> returning to the trees. So it was just, it's, a, it's an attempt to just show you the absurdity of it all and what science can tell you when you look at it, especially a, with a cosmic perspective. Anyhow, so the book was birthed and... There it is, in your hand. Yeah, we're in the delivery room. <laughs> I'm holding it. I caught it. Yes, yes. It's not even out. It's not At this moment, it's not yet released. Mm -hmm. So I guess it's still in the, what do you call it, the, the, in the room? Delivery room? No, no, the, the incubation room. It's, the, uh, you know. Like with, the neo, the, the, neo? the, the, the neonatal we're room. We're in the neonatal yeah. room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm honored to talk to you about it. And thanks for having me. And thanks, oh, my gosh. And, I literally, I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'll just make it a double episode. We'll just launch it in two episodes. Why not? Oh, so is that allowed? Oh. I've, I've never done it before, but okay. I didn't want you to stop talking. Because we went too long. Okay. It's fine. Sure. I love it. Mm -hmm. You're like, I don't think I'll ever be next to such a genius thing in the rest of my oh, life. Oh, no. <laughs> So I'm, I'm soaking it up, selfishly. Anyway, thank you so much. Thanks for writing it. I'm so glad it came out fully formed. Yes. And I could read it and shift my perspective and all your thoughts today. And how motivating is that? I mean, just so intensely, fundamentally motivating. Oh, Amazing. thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. All right. Okay. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.